You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Hello, Riverdale gang. Hi, gang. We're back. It's only been a week, but it feels like longer for some reason. <laughs> it has been an escalating week, uh, just in life. It's Daylight Savings Week. Um, that wrecked me. Um, <laughs> I yeah. don't know about you. <laughs> That usually wrecks me. It's only an hour, but oh my gosh, an hour uh, is really felt when it's not there. And what an hour, yeah. And here in beautiful Vancouver, the um, flowers are blossoming. Blossoming. It's true. I did see some crocuses. Speaking of blossoms, there are blossoms in this show aplenty The plum blossoms are creeping out, and plum blossoms and crocuses bring everlasting misery because <laughs> of seasonal hay fever. Poor Ryan. Um that's my current state. It it settled in a couple weeks ago, but it like went full tilt this week. The flowers got crazy and started their giant flower orgy through the sky <laughs> that they do every spring. And my quality of life declined sharply and rapidly for the next 2 months or so. Uh Always takes like a week for my body to get used to having constant antihistamines. Um, so I'm, I, this is the week of death and exhaustion. Yay! Yay! <laughs> and for all of you who are thinking, oh, don't worry, Ryan, summer will come soon. In British Columbia, our province tends to be on fire yeah. <laughs> for all of the summer. <laughs> yep. Because global warming and lightning strikes and dry summers. Yeah. And um, poor Ryan, last summer I remember uh, he had to be at a bunch of outdoor rehearsals for a show he was doing. <laughs> and he was oh literally wearing um, a mask to cover his nose and mouth because he was in such agony with the smoke. That's the asthma, not the hay fever. But the two right. like, to par- like to partner up um, <laughs> like this evil crossover episode of my, uh, my body's failings. <laughs> um, and actually it's, it, it gets even better because, oh. um, because of my usual, like, schedule visiting my family, uh, when I can, I am in Alberta during, uh, seeding time on the farm. And, um, last year it worked out spectacularly. This year, hopefully not. But last year I had the worst of hay fever in Vancouver. And just as things were on the mend, I went to Alberta, where it was just, I was arriving just in time for the very first flowers. Um, so I had a full <laughs> month and a half of the worst of pollen in Vancouver, and then I had a full month of the worst of pollen in Alberta. And then I returned just in time for giant smoke clouds. So I basically didn't breathe for six months. Wow. I don't recommend it. No, that sounds terrible. Um, I do have a short list of allergies, but none of them are to existence, so that's nice. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's my body that needs to be apologizing, and also my genetics. I, I regularly give my dad flack for his genes. Damn it, dad. Yeah, but my mom gave me the asthma. So, it, like, realistically, yeah, <laughs> they, they should have screened better before producing me. We're so glad they did because we love Ryan and we love that he appreciates Riverdale to bring it full circle. This Yay. week was a solid week. Oh my gosh. I was excited by this episode. Um, there was a, a, a note of political thriller. Yeah. Feeding into this episode. Um, the setup for, uh, the back end of the season that I am really, really, really keen for. Um, 
political dynamics are uh, my catnip, I guess. Nah. Um, are they really? <laughs> oh, yes, 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 yes. Political intrigue. Um, I am so here for it, especially with that lovely Riverdale noir flavor. Yeah. Um, we know things are going to get wonky and exciting. Um, so that's what really hooked me this episode, um, as well as just the density of plot. So much came to a head this episode. Um, and I'm really, really excited for us to play out the consequences of everything that was put forward and put out in the open today for the rest of the season. Yeah, I am too. Um, mm-hmm. specifically around the Blossoms, which mm-hmm. we'll come to. There was a lot of, like, intra, not inter, family dynamics this yeah. season. It was like... This season, sorry, this episode, it was like Fred and Archie, and then the Lodges and Veronica, and then the, good lord, the hellstorm that is the Coopers. Oh my. And then the other hellstorm that is the Blossoms. Yeah. The Coopers are a hex storm. The Blossoms are a hellstorm. Yeah, and then also the, um... The the, chick factor? Well, no, I was actually thinking of, uh... I'm sorry. Yeah, I keep wanting to call him LP because I just saw Killer Mike and LP <laughs> perform with Lord, which was amazing, by the way. Um, FP, there we go. And Jughead had some Jones and <laughs> had some good um, moments this particular episode. Um, I just want to acknowledge that it is uh, we are recording this. Mm. Um, or releasing this, I should say, the day after National Walkout Day, which was yesterday. Slash today right now, as we speak. Um, well, this is airing tomorrow, so I'm going well, to yeah. say yesterday. Yeah. It was today, and my eight-year-old cousin, who lives in Philadelphia, um, walked uh, out with her school and made her own sign and everything. Yeah! And since this is a show for teenagers, I just want to acknowledge that and um, express our solidarity for the fact that we don't want, like... People who teach our children um, to carry guns. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, I'm an American citizen. If, like, it doesn't affect me personally because I live in Canada, but um, it is not comforting to think of my young cousins um, or even my older cousin who is in high school hmm. in a situation where they could have a gun pulled on them. And I just wanted to express that. Yeah. That's all. Hugely. It's um, it's such a strange thing to be watching our neighbors. Um, for me, as as a as a Canadian, as a soul citizen, not non dual citizen, as yeah. just a Canadian, a single um, singular citizen, a singular citizen. Um, this really striking circumstances where all these amazing brave young people um feel both empowered, but also that they they have to do something that no one will help them. Um, it's a really, it was quite upsetting, honestly, this, this morning, scrolling through Twitter to see elementary school students, um, out of fear, out of solidarity, uh, feel like they have to act for their own safety, that their parents don't have that power, that their, their teachers don't have that power. Um, but I'm really amazed that, uh, by what those kids are doing. And, uh, I think that's. Like, there's, there's some activists who I'm so excited to see running America in 10 years, in 15 years. Yeah, here's I, hoping. I really, really think the, um, the leaders uh, in Parkland, especially, and, uh, and increasingly from, from high schools around America, uh, I think that is the next generation of, of 
leaders and politicians. Um, and I'm so excited for that. Um, yeah. I like watching, you know, uh, Congressman John Lewis, uh, meeting young students, uh, marking the anniversary of Selma. I think there's a walk last week. I think I was watching some video footage of it. And, and, you know, these, these, it feels like a very interesting, um, parallel or continuation or inheritance of the civil rights movement that, mm. um, we are now at the cusp of another round of and wave of. And, um, seeing that, that interaction and that solidarity between, uh, the people who are at the core of the the sixties and everything that happened there, uh, now you know, meeting and encouraging, uh, children two or three generations younger than them to continue that fight is, is really astounding. Yeah, it is. It's good. Mm-hmm. And I hope um, it works. If any of y'all listeners walked out, um, more power to you and yeah. thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, for that leadership. I'm sorry that, uh, the adults keep failing you. I can say that now because I am one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry the adults keep failing you. Yeah, that we keep failing you. Yeah. Um, And it's it's a weird place to be, like, in the, the millennial generation, because we're culpable and we're not, right? Yeah. Like, we grew up into this, and I think at a time where we learned enough and had access to enough information to learn at least by now, a lot of us, just how wrong and broken this system is. But um, we were, I think, a little slow to get to the actually changing it part. Um, so seeing all the people my age running for office now um, feels so heartening. And like part of this same movement of of um, the, the teenagers now who yeah. are, are leading the activism front. Um, and it really, I guess it makes me think about the, the role we can play generationally. And and I feel like it might just be that we are going to have to become the politicians who understand to listen to these these teenage activists. Yeah. Right? I think the most important thing that politicians of our age group can do mm-hmm. is enter politics not expecting to make money. Because I think one <laughs> yeah. of the I think one of the problems of politicians now is that they end up with these financial obligations to lobbyists. Mm. That they can't get out of, and it keeps them getting reelected. But they, um, you know, owe mm-hmm. a debt in a way to the NRA, or in our prime minister's case, to an oil company. Yeah. And I hope that people who are entering politics now mm-hmm. are looking at it like the arts. Like you, you're there because you care, and yeah. you're not there because you want to wear a suit and show up to Ottawa and DC every day. Well, there's, there's. A saying in the arts that if if you can do anything else, do it, right? If you can do anything but be an actor, anything but be an artist, do it because it's uh, it's not easy and it's not great and it's not giving you much to go with, uh, resource wise. Um, and I'm starting to feel similarly about politics that, um, if you can do anything else, you should do that. Um, but in that case, it is not necessarily an intrinsic thing that. You know, I might be able to do nothing else but arts because it's what I'm driven to do. It's what I have to do. But rather that the external circumstance around us that one can impact by getting into politics, um, that one can't let nothing, can't, can't let it sit without doing something. Um, 
feel similar that way to me. Yeah. Um, and I, I also want to, um, really, really, really emphasize the importance of volunteering for campaigns. Yeah. And donating Don't to them campaigns. Don't make them have to spend money. Mm-hmm. Be the free labor. Yeah. Um, it, you don't have to run yourself necessarily. Like, and if you want to run, you, you don't have to be a perfect candidate, uh, as well. Yeah. Um, oftentimes there is no one challenging an incumbent. Um, and when no one challenges the status quo, um, of course it's not going to change. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. If you're listening and you're in a rural community hmm. where there aren't as many candidates, please, please run for office. <laughs> run for, your town's ombudsman. Consider running that, for, yeah. you know, town council is great. Mayor is great. Congress is great. But, uh, you need an ombudsman. A lot of communities in America need, um, you know, judges, of course, but run for parks board of your yeah. small community. Um, because that down ticket stuff, that, that's where the, that's where the community begins that's where the the political movement and, and momentum begins is right at the very bottom of the ticket at the most mundane bureaucratic things that need to be done by people who have some progressive vision um or there won't be anything supporting these dream candidates running for prime minister or, or president they don't get there without tens of thousands of people uh in lower governmental and elected positions um promoting those ideas throughout the system of government okay uh we're wandering deep into civics lesson territory i don't know we if, are. i don't know how much <laughs> y'all are here for that which uh, <laughs> is which is topical for this week's episode oh boy is it for reasons which shall be revealed shall we mm -hmm. jump I mean, that's not the sexiest intro to this episode let's say chloe this episode let's also has um tony and cheryl alone in a bedroom together yeah Slow burn, slow build. Yeah, slow build. Giving me what I want. I also want to know more about Tony's home life. Right. Basically mm -hmm. just want to always know more about Tony. I just okay. want the Tony show. Yeah, oh my Except god. Except they can't <gasps> spin off because they can't take her away from us. What if Tony Riverdale. and Cheryl leave Riverdale and move somewhere cool and get married? That'd be fine. Anyway, <laughs> let's go. Alright, pressing go with the Netflix ba-ding. This is a dense um, uh, recap yeah, as well. Yeah, it really was. It really set us up nicely. Um, I, I had a hunch about how this would play out. Last week was fluff and escalating tension in a lot of ways, right? But setting us up for this week where it all comes, uh, all the big plot places come into play yeah. and, and pop off. I'm excited. There's people we haven't seen for, like, a season. Yeah. Smithers is in the recap, eh? Yeah. <laughs> and Polly and... Pops. Yes. Oh, man. Okay, here's the trailer part. Big pieces are Seven, turning. Ten. Big gears. So this, I took it upon myself to point out moments where Jughead could have been eating a burger in this episode. This was <laughs> one of them. Yes. He's just sitting there. There's even a snack on the table. You also pointed out, uh, while we were watching this the first time through... That Jughead uses, um, I. He, he yeah. speaks in the present tense in this bit of voiceover. He does not usually do that. I don't think he's ever done it. Hmm. There's been one episode where he hasn't narrated at all. Yeah. But that's it. Hmm. Two. Two episodes, maybe. Oh, the Halloween one, for sure. The Halloween one and one other one. Mm-hmm. 
So, yeah, notable change in that. Yeah. In that show structural thing. Yeah. See, he could be sitting at that computer eating a burger. I'm just saying. <laughs> and it's interesting. Um, For, like, five or six episodes, um, I feel like we've been primed to not quite be on Jughead's side. Mm. And this episode, suddenly I feel like we and the show are both with him. It's like, this yeah. is his episode to be right for it to come together. Yeah. Um, I also want to comment on the scoring through this this episode. Yeah. It was spectacular. Um, I was really impressed by the music that shifted uh, very fluidly. Um, very, very effectively. Yeah. Uh, especially through this opening sequence, through the, this and a few more scenes. Um, but this was a really strong music episode without being in your face about it. Yeah. This is a great example of subtle scoring and sound mixing. Yeah. And... Oh, yeah, here's this weird little plot with Kevin, like, trying to fish. Catfish. Catfish. I've never heard that expression. Really? I've heard of doxing. I think... Hmm. I mean, they're related, but... um, They're both in the internet, like mm. everything. Oh, Betty, stop forcing your queer best friend to do your dirty work. Yep. Also, poor, confused Kevin, who, like, does not What's know how to cam. Be? What's party and play mean? Oh, um, like, it's hookup terminology. Oh, I um, know, but what it, is the hookup? It generally suggests some drug drug use. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, it's, uh, honestly, despite having, like, spent enough time in hookup culture... It's not a term I use, and so it's not a term that I'm, like, super... I can't give you a, a clean breakdown of what okay. PNP means, but it is frequent vocab in, in gay hookup culture. Okay. Yeah. Man. It's, it's one of those, like... women hook up so differently? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, gay hookup culture is its own weird, sub, weird, dense subculture. I mean, I'm not judging. It's just different. That's I'm all. judging. Are you? From within? <laughs> Are you? Okay. Yeah. Not, not judging the thing, but there's labyrinths. So here's one of the things I called. <laughs> I called Fred might run for mayor. Yep. And here it is, almost happening. You were super right. I was sort of hoping Alice would run, but that doesn't seem to have come to fruition She's, yet. She still has time. I, 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 Alice Cooper as a candidate with who else becomes a candidate in this episode, I would be excited about that. Yeah. Yeah. For reals. Poor Fred. I know. Like, this Fred is, what, is like he's George been Bailey. I know. He's been put on the sidelines all season, slowly percolating and healing. And now he just has this authentic childhood dream that is yeah. on the cusp of coming through. Fred is just sweet and authentic in this episode. Is Archie going to go to prison? Is that how this season's going to end? <laughs> oh, yeah. Here's this That'd surprise be interesting. Will. Oh, great outfit on Cheryl. Yeah. Lazenby, is that a name from the comics? It felt sounds familiar, but... Of course he did. Of course he left a secret will. <laughs> it was <laughs> it was interesting with this little... This bit. Um, how out of control the situation is for all of our lead characters. Yeah. I didn't really clock this is the first time Is that Wasserman? Through. Oh, heck! I think... Yeah! That's the head of the theater department we both studied at while we were there. Yeah, well, no, I wasn't in the theater department. Oh, yeah. Has he stepped down? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's stepped down since. Stephen is there now. But, yeah, yeah. Hey, 
first time personally knowing yeah. one of the Riverdale supporting cast. He gave a great speech at my high school years ago. Anyway, here is uh, <laughs> the beginning of the divorce that we all knew was coming. Yes. Since, like, literally the first episode of this show. Um, I wish I could be more excited, but there's too much else going on in this show for me to just, like, stop and celebrate Hal Cooper leaving. Yeah, but I don't think he <laughs> is leaving. I think this means that he's, like, a major player now that he's separated from Alice. <sighs> I don't think you're gonna get your wish. I think Hal okay, is you know what? permanent If he turns into show. a full antagonist, that's fine. I'm good with that, too. Yeah. I just want people to start calling Hal Cooper out on his Hal Cooperiness. Yeah. Um, Maybe. <laughs> okay, I have a theory about Hal Cooper. Remind me at the end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, we're back with the Lodges. Um, we spend a lot of this episode with the Lodges. We do. And all their delicious-looking food. Yeah. All it's these like great eating tableaus this episode. and orange juice and... Oh, yes, I was, I was, um, Red. touching on a minute ago, a few scenes ago, um, th- did you get the sense that, I don't know, it seems to me in the second watch through, all of our perspective characters, our gang, our, our main four, our Cheryl, even, even, um, Kevin and, and, uh, Josie. Yep. Are very... Not in control this episode of the situation. Oh, that's interesting. Um, yeah, all of them, and I feel like that is different, and that might be where some of the weight and stake of this episode is coming from. Yeah, maybe everyone we're here with is is on edge, is is wobbling, is not not in this safe or secure place. Um, that's really interesting narrative technique to me. Hmm. Um, That's cool. I did not clock that, but yes, I hear what you're saying. Most episodes, and we I, keep seeing them try to take control. Yeah, but we they also take turns, right? Yeah, because we we often have a split of a plot, b plot, c plot, and there usually only one is in you know is completely floundering in the water. Yeah. Um, the Halloween episode would be another one where everyone was low status, low stake, uh, high stakes all yeah. at once. Um, yeah. That is very clever narrative. It is. See, this show knows what it's doing. I believe in you, Riverdale team. So the Pop Tate Chocolate Shop reveal happened, and yeah. now we're moving on. Great sweater on Betty. I yeah. like that sweater. Okay, so every time Alice is hanging with the gang, it's always weird, but it's growing on me. Yeah. Actually. Because I kind of like Alice who is Hanging with the teen with the the Nancy Drew kids. Well, Alice like kind of owes FP now because of the the body. True. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. And then Archie lying to Veronica badly. Yeah. Hmm. Ugh. There's a lot of lodges freaking out at things yeah. happening this episode as well, isn't there? Like Hermione and and Hiram having the. Uh, these perfect babies, by the way, these babies are perfect. I don't know where they got these babies, but they are so cute. They're so round. They're really round. Like, they, they like round things that are shaped like friend. These are friend babies. Yeah, they're friend babies. Of course, she <laughs> takes the baby away from 
Yeah. The problem is, is that, like, if you put a baby in someone's arms and they're actually nice, they suddenly look friendly. Like, the actor who plays Chick <laughs> Cooper Hart Denton, I think is his name, holding that mm-hmm. baby, looks so approachable. Yeah. Because <laughs> secretly he's a good human when he's not being Chick Cooper. And when he has a baby on him. Either or. Yeah. Um. Okay, so this is obviously a, a, a nuanced episode for Chick, but I had a few moments of real empathy for Chick here. Yeah, that, I guess so. This episode I'm... gave me a little hope. That there's either a chick redemption or a chick reveal twist to come. Not, and not necessarily one we've guessed. Like, we've, we've theorized that maybe he is FP's analysis kid or something, mm-hmm. right? Okay, actually. Sorry, we're yeah, distracted yeah. by important things. Really Tony important and Cheryl things. Cheryl loaning each other clothes, lowered voices. Just being intimate and friendly. And in marches, Miss Homophobe Extraordinaire. Mm-hmm. Bugger off, Penelope. Bye, Penelope. Bye, Penelope. Mm-hmm. I... Mm-hmm. The scavengers, yes. Wow. And Tony's like, oh my god, rich people are terrible. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong, Tony. Yeah, we are, <laughs> says Cheryl. I love that they're being friends right now. I know, but there was also a little bit of like, I love your like flannel and mesh aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Now yeah. let me put this really great blouse on you. Yeah. Um, but I love that they're taking time for it to build. Yeah. And it 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 gives me hope that they get to be real girlfriends. Yeah. If you are just queer baiting me right now, Riverdale, I'm gonna be so mad. Yeah. <laughs> Here's Veronica being manipulative, but not entirely her fault, because hmm. like. Mom yeah, she's kind of made her. Yeah, she's just she's bought in. She's doing her job here. Oh man, look at Archie's hair right now. I want my hair to look like his, like that floop. Yeah, yeah, it's a very cute floop. Maybe I need some gel. You could, you could pull that off. Maybe you need like a hair and makeup team watching oh, you at man, all times. What that would that would make us look at least as good as Archie <laughs> for select moments in our lives. Ryan has an excellent beard at the moment. <laughs> Riverdale gang. It's a he sloth beard. Like it. It's a lazy beard. It's, a, it's, it's there a, by default. It's a solid hipster scruff beard. Much appreciated, Chloe. <laughs> and so here's Archie defending his daddy, which is good. Yeah. And they're fighting. There's yeah. trouble in Dodge City. River City. Trouble in River City. Get the heck out of Dodge City. Right. <laughs> okay. Anyway, point being, there's trouble in Riverdale. Yeah. I really like that Archie came clinging to Veronica about the stakes here. And while they didn't have a, you know, an, an airing of grievances, they both were more honest with each other. And it, it, it was an interesting indicator, I guess, of trust, but also of like, again, both of them being in over their heads right now. Yeah. They're both kind of floundering to hold on to something. This is a delightfully blossom moment. Every every blossom like gathering that ends with a scene. Yeah. This is a beautiful continuation of that tradition. A charred husk of an empty house. I you... love all these just like random redheads in the background. <laughs> I love the poetry that is Cheryl being snarky. Yeah. With her family. Aw, she holds hands holds. Tony. Yes. Yeah. Oh, also, this here's a lot of money floating. Yep, and here's... Now, yeah, Alice! I love Tony's eyebrow right now of like, oh my god, rich people are really off the wall. <laughs> Look oh. at all these rich people shouting at each other. 
Oh my god, but when she and Cheryl get married, Cheryl could be like the the like dowry trophy wife and Tony mm-hmm. could be the working wife. Cheryl's gonna be the Meghan Merkel of Riverdale. I don't know what that means, but yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The Meghan Markle. Meghan Markle. Markle. Prince, no, yeah. but no, I think This is really mm-hmm. I can't breathe. I think <laughs> yeah. Cheryl is Prince Harry. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh, she was not William. Jason Blossom was the William. And then Tony is Meghan Markle. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's what you meant. That's what oh, I meant. Okay. Yeah, uh, keep our royals straight, or in order. Don't yeah. keep anything straight. The not for us. Not in Riverdale. What a horrible expression. Here's Pop Tate. I want to see more from this actor. I feel like he's given nothing to do. Yeah, and I like him. And I, I actually, I really love the character of Pop Tate in the ri- original comics. And yeah. um, he's. I feel like they give him, like, stiff stuff to do. Because yeah. he he's only gotten, like, really melodramatically serious scenes. I want to see Chill Afternoon Pop Tate. We kind of got a little of that when he's teasing Chuck about church in the Halloween oh, episode. Yes. But that's it. Yeah, that's right. I Pop- love that it was Ma's chocolate shop before it was Pop's chocolate shop. Because mm-hmm. his mom had it. That's so cute. It really is lovely. And, um... There's now there's, the interloper. Oh, Jerry Watson. Yeah, it's bless like there's heart. Jerry, and now I can't unsee it. Thanks, yeah. Chloe. <laughs> the interloper. Cheryl's like, I'm going to make a speech. <laughs> I am Jacqueline Kennedy on essence. <laughs> Jerry Wasserman's like, okay, there's a teenager sure. coming up here. What? This is how will readings normally go. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> With a fire crackling in the background. You know, we're going to feel very silly if that's not actually Jerry. It looks an awful lot like him. Are we... <laughs> I'm I'm Googling okay. while Cheryl speaks. Um, Lazenby? Lazenby? Lazenby. Hmm. Cheryl's like, no more blood. I thought for a second she was going to be like, I'm giving my entire fortune to the study of the indigenous roots of Riverdale. <laughs> I mean, she'll do that through marriage. Yes. <laughs> and then this I reveal... was not ready for the plot point of the mm-hmm. dad being back, to be real, so I'm so pleased yep. that that's not what actually happened. Agreed. I I honestly don't even want to watch Clifford Blossom come back. Yeah. Um, his send-out was so appropriate. Yeah. In so many ways. Daymare. Oh. Also, that brief moment of vulnerability that Cheryl actually spends with her mother yeah, is is actually very sweet. Yeah. I really also. like this actor in this role. I never really liked him as... Um, yeah. As Clifford? As Clifford. I like... What's his name? Uh, Uncle what? It, what's It's a C something. Cla- Claudius? Claudius. Oh, gosh. Clyde. Uncle Claudius? Uncle no. Claudius. Clyde? Clem- Romulus and Remus. Uncle, Uncle Remus. Close enough. <laughs> Are you finding? I'm searching. I'm searching. There's a bit of a surprise. I'm getting distracted by all the other actors whose names I recognize. Oh, God. Classic. Why don't you just <laughs> IMDb Jerry Wasserman? Oh, that would probably be more direct. But, um, Chloe, one of us needs to pay attention to the show. Oh, right. Um, <laughs> well, here we're getting this twin story. That I just don't know what to do with. So many people I've met in passing have been in the background. Oh, Sam Spear! Right? 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay, well, while the plot happens, we're just going to fawn over the fact that most of our friends have been in the show. Mm-hmm. Not not even necessarily our friends, no, but like our the entire acquaintance community who we might have been in a background in an indie filming once or something. Yeah. That's that's a relationship with all the backgrounders of Riverdale, as we now discuss. I need to spend more time on IMDb, Riverdale. <laughs> yeah. So here's the suspicious thing. Yeah. Of chick turning down money and avoiding the DNA. Yeah. Um, because we all know he's FP's son, right? That's that's I gotta don't be know, it. But it sort of sounds like from the end of this episode he might not even be Alice's son. Yeah. Yeah. I, I... You need all filmography, by the way. <sighs> Stupid f- mobile website versions. Bah. Bold move, Veronica. So much Bold respect. Move, oh, maybe it's not him. Yeah. He's the president in The Flash, apparently. I need to watch The Flash. I don't see him. Oh, that's Hmm. odd. It looks so much like him, like looking at his photo. I'll check back tomorrow. Okay. And uh, maybe they'll update it. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, look at that picture. Yeah, that looks totally Jerry. Maybe they haven't updated IMDb for this week yet. Who knows? Hmm. Or maybe Jerry has an evil twin. Maybe Jerry has an evil twin. Maybe there's another Wasserman. It's like Jerry McKay and Dave McKay. <laughs> Those are people in the Vancouver theater community. Anyway. We're talking over an actually very sweet yeah. uh, Hermione and, and Veronica scene here. Um, this this was a really nice scene. Um, yeah. Where Hermione kind of... I like that she acknowledged the limitations of her position. This gendered position. Yeah. Now we're back with uh, our our favorite baby Kevin, my boy. Is he a baby? I don't think he's a baby. He's he's my adorable child who must be protected now. Oh, I see. Yes. He 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 is precious. And yeah, he is really uncomfortable, rightly so, cuz how horribly awkward is this conversation that's been forced forced upon him? Yeah. You're pushing, Betty. Congrats, cowboy. Yeah. You're pushing again. You're out of your lane, Betty. <sighs> yeah. Um, I'm also increasingly confused, and maybe they are too, at what's going on with camming, with chicks camming, because, like, this doesn't look like a paid cam session. This looks like... I know, it looks like therapy, but to be fair, most sex work is therapy. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, But, like, yeah. And Good also, move, Kevin, Kevin, like, has some instincts about Chick. Yeah, something's weird about this. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Jughead does a good thing. Restrains himself. Wish he'd done that. Maybe he learned something from publishing that thing about Tony's granddad. Jughead can learn. Jughead has potential. I would love to see that actor back. I would love to know something about Tony's family. See that famous Canadian actor back in the show. I want to see him come back to give Tony his blessing and unconditional support in her relationship with Cheryl. And the opening really? note, yeah, that's, I want him to come back and be like supportive, loving family counterpoint to Penelope Blossom. Oh. That's, that's how Grandpa Chick has. I figured the South Side wouldn't like Cheryl either, though. I mean, of course they won't. She's terrible. Um, 
but <laughs> she is objectively terrible from a, from the perspective of uh poverty and all that and and colonialism but i want him to accept her anyway cuz tony loves her that's the fanfic that i want to become true <laughs> Right, well, here's I'm sorry, thing. we're talking over Josie scenes again. Josie! Josie's like three lines and plot functionality in this episode. Um, Josie's... I, I, she, she, she was functional in this plot. She, she it wasn't her plot. Yeah. Again! And so was Sierra McCoy. Yeah. Just plain roles in other people's plots right now. Yeah, the white boy plot. Not enough. <laughs> <sighs> Poor Josie spends so much time just giving side eye and sitting quietly in the ta- yeah. the tableau behind other people's conversations. Look at those babies. Mm. This scene was interesting because I felt like we got an actual chick emotional response as his emotional manipulation move. Maybe yeah. His his play here does not go. And I feel like that was an actual moment of, like, vulnerability. Hmm, I guess so. Gives me some hope that there's a- there's something going on with Chick that will lead him to be not a full-blown antagonist. Because I, yeah. I... I've actually got a soft spot for our, our creepy boy. I, like... Like, with the background they've established for him, and that I assume they're going to continue expanding upon, like... Dude's clearly had a hard time. Yeah. Yeah, it would be nice to unpack him a little. Mm-hmm. That would be okay. Here's um, Hiram losing his cool and Veronica saving the day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think Veronica knows that Archie... Oh, yeah. Actually, sorry, not Veronica. Hermione knows that Archie actually did it. Yeah. And that Veronica is using the wiles. Yeah. And she's like... Given the conversation they just had that was highlighted, right? About how to play this game. Yeah. Because she immediately (laughs) deflates and redirects and... Actually, it's interesting here. This, like, the game in the Lodges, in the Lodge family that's happening. Yeah. We... Hermione hasn't taken... Veronica's side a lot lately. Yeah. So that kind of jumps out. I wonder what Hiram and Hermione's sex life is like. <laughs> like, is he just like underneath her while she does all the work? <laughs> or it would be lovely. Is she just it... like closing her eyes and thinking of England? Or is it super hot? I is there BDSM? Like, I need to know. I think they're both. Two sharp, conniving, (laughs) creative, clever people to go vanilla, to be boring, or to be routine. Maybe that's the thing. Sometimes the really interesting people are just, like, super vanilla and it's cool. Okay. I I believe Hermione is more creative than that. I believe that Hermione (laughs) might not be vanilla. I'm not sure that Hiram understands anything other than charging through it, as it were. Meanwhile, Um, that was a huge plot point. Yeah. (laughs) FP is like, by the way, I worked for Hiram Lodge that one time. Sorry, Jug. I too am in his pocket. And and I recognized the voice on the other end of this phone call. You did. Wonderfully. Um, Cleverly. 
with Jughead. Smithers. Who was brought back in a recap. These they have such good recaps. Yeah. Shows good at their recapping. Um then there's a little more cheesecake Archie. A little cheesecake Archie. He's doing mm-hmm. like solid chin ups though here. Yeah. I wonder if this is in his contract. He has to work out. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. This is such a good scene. They're both so in I wanna say and I don't mean this emotionally, they're so insecure. Their positions right now are both so unstable. But they both make smart choices with agency in this scene. Yeah. I really respect both of them, these characters, in how they play through this interaction and this very tense um, airing. Yes. Also, Veronica, the show is definitely turning into the Manchurian candidate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. like, bubblegum pop version of the Manchurian <laughs> candidate. <laughs> yeah. The big secret plan. I thought, like, I was confused by the big secret plan, and then I actually found the reveal kind of satisfying. Yes, actually. To get to that. I, I was wondering what they would give me that would have payoff. Um, and they surprised me really pleasantly. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And Fred is such a sweetheart here. Yeah. Fred is so authentically like... kids approval. And you can see those nerves as he makes that announcement. Yeah. Sweet. Ugh, I like it. I like Fred this <laughs> Betty week the Sleuth. This is when Betty reminds me so much of Alice. Yeah. Just like, the rules don't apply to me. No, so not if there's something the hidden. Truth. Aw, Betty in her sweaters. Did she find... What did she find? Like, blood? See, Oh, there's yeah. blood on it. I didn't even notice. Mm, floss. Uh, the first time through, um, before this was explained to be floss, I was really confused. Like, Betty, Chick's hair's not that long. Oh. Well, if that's your hair, Betty. Chick's hair's not that long. <laughs> but floss with a little bit of blood makes more sense. Um, This really clever parallel to the scene... What was it, an episode or two ago? Mm-hmm. Where um, Betty confronts Chick coming out of her oh, washroom. Oh, yeah. Uh, even the, even visually, I think it's flipped their their posture of where they physically were. Oh, yeah. On, on the camera. It's, uh, yeah. That's cool. And she says, are you okay? That's so interesting. Yeah. By the way, I also oh. think that... He makes a point. I don't think love is finite, but I think the ability yeah. to, like, express love. Yeah. You get spread thin sometimes. We have finite energy to show people Yeah, we have finite resources. I agree. Time. He's not wrong. Yeah. That but. said, I mean, kid, you could get Polly's love and have two adoring toddlers. Yeah. Um, those children's... I believe those children still have capacity for love far greater than Alice Cooper has left herself Yeah. Uh, from the pieces she has carved away to become the hard-nosed reporter she is. Yeah, well, she doesn't have to deal with Hal Cooper anymore, so... Yeah, she <laughs> Maybe she can more. So- let herself soften a little bit. Oh, those babies were so cute. Right? Oh, clever, clever Smithers. Deep throat Smithers. Gosh. Hey, I, I wonder what the new Deep Throat is going to be. Like, in 20 years, when they're talking about the current political shenanigans, oh I wonder what the new Deep Throat and Watergate are going to be. I hope we're to gonna God have some, there is a Deep exist. Throat and a Watergate. Please, please <laughs> let there be a Deep Throat and a Watergate. 
Ugh. Be in so this politically great. charged episode, couldn't help myself. As um, Shankshaw, Shank by the way, <laughs> the Shankshaw <laughs> like it's just <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> that was one moment of like, that's a little much, y'all. That's yeah. <laughs> we're being really serious this episode, and you give me Shankshaw oh, prison. Tony at the table. Yeah. And the rudest line from Penelope yet. Ignore that person. Pretend she's not here. Wow, and Penelope. Then he drops the I know what the secret is. <laughs> the Isle of Lesbos. I I was hoping we were going for support of Gay Uncle for Alas, just a no. moment here, but I love how Nana Blossom in like knows a lot about this world, but is like, oh, Lesbos, that sounds nice. Don't leave, though. And Tony chokes on her food. Yeah. <laughs> and so does Cheryl. Oh, oh, my God. Their beautiful hair and their beautiful faces. Oh, oh they're such an attractive power couple. That we haven't figured out how to put... Combine X's. eggs yet? Yeah. I mean... I... Mm. What? There's just so many great ways to become parents and become families. Oh, I know. They could adopt, but yeah. a baby made out of them would be so beautiful. <laughs> Those two are beautiful people, so if yeah. we're going, like, straight eugenics, they would be my choice. Yes. Meanwhile, plot. Meanwhile, plot. They're gonna go to the prison, talk to War Baby. Yeah. Which is... Clearly a combination of crybaby and war. <laughs> Where are they walking around? Just like, I guess this is Riverdale Shopping District. Yeah. It has a kitschy, cute downtown. No, like, but like where in um, our world is this? It could be Fort Langley. It's so This has thing. a Fort Langley vibe to me. Um, also, look, check out those vintage cars in the background. It was very quaint. Let's, um, let's memorize those street lamps and just keep an eye out for when we see that type <laughs> right. of street lamp. Street right? lamps, memorize. My guess is Fort Langley. They're, they're all vintage cars on the left. Oh, of course. You hire out the vintage cars and fill it up your street. It's just like filling out background. Oh. Um, this scene was surprisingly tense. Juniper whole, and Dagwood. Uh... Alice has such an interesting blind spot for Chick, too, eh? Yeah. I feel like she doesn't give a fraction this much leeway to Betty or to Polly or to anyone else, but such an <laughs> enormous blind spot. Yeah, I love how she says Sweetwater River and we all instantly panic because yep. that's where bad things happen That's in the where show. people die. <sighs> yeah. And... Well, check yeah. out this pram. Oh, that's the pram that the Blossoms gave her. Yep. Oh, look at those babies. Like, I felt for Chick in this moment, as much as this is probably an obvious manipulation of the situation to make Polly leave. Yeah. To, God. like, throw the faintest threat. Man, look at all those messed up Aryan people. Now we're into messed up um, prison people. Yeah. By the way, those tattoos around his eyes, like, they're imitating real gangster tattoos, and I wonder if someone's going to get rubbed out for <laughs> imitating them. Um, now with now with our actual gangsters on Dracula. screen. What's with the like blood sucking metaphors? Like yeah, Buffy. the Dracula metaphor felt sloppy both yeah. times it was used. This episode, <sighs> interesting. Um, Hiram and Archie 
playing against each other yeah here too um which i don't know that we've seen open openly yeah uh it's been building and i'm i'm excited that this is the the state of the relationship that we're going into the rest of the season with yeah i i think that's going to be um much more interesting than the um the t- testosterone fights of the wrestling episode to me personally um, yeah, this is way more interesting. Mm-hmm. This is also a more interesting version of masculinity. Yeah. In my this, opinion. Yeah, a power game that's not wrapped up in just sheer physical violence yeah. or, or force. Um, Says the person who's never experienced masculinity, me. Sorry. <laughs> I shouldn't. I know what it's like when people talk about non-binary and feminine experience and it's annoying. So... I will restrain myself from criticizing the male. No, I would. I would argue that with an uh, uh, an experience outside of straight cis female, that itself gives one a specific lit perspective on masculinity. Yeah, I suppose so. But um, as far as the probably straight dude bros button heads, <laughs> that's its own culture and ish too. Yeah. And Polly does the thing that she's been manipulated to do because it's the only safe option for her and her adorable, adorable babies. It's a good thing she's rich now because she's a single mom of two and she can just drive to San Francisco, one of the most expensive cities in the United States, to move. Now, I'm a little disappointed that she just straight up left the cult farm without us ever addressing the whole cult farm thing. Yeah, I know. It's like we never addressed the, like, two different handwritings of the Black Hood. Oh, gosh, you're right. Well, I mean, that could... There's so much... And here he cuts Polly out of the photo, so who's next? Mm-hmm. I, does he want to get rid of Betty, or does he want to get rid of Mom? Probably oh, Betty. I mean, it. I thought Betty, but it just struck me that, I mean, that would be a very interesting twist if he is choosing Betty as his family person. Yeah. Um... Interesting, interesting, interesting. I think he wants Bob. Yeah, I agree. But that would be interesting. I think there would be grounds for him to be choosing Betty uh, to be his family person. Um, in that Alice has not necessarily shown actual understanding of his life, mm-hmm. but rather a willingness to blindly ignore anything that implicates her son, right? And uh, it would be interesting if we saw a chick who puts the value in Betty's actual empathy, even without her trust. Yeah. That, yeah. I think it's possible. Meanwhile, plot happening while we yeah, psychoanalyze. Yeah, and the plot and... And Weatherby, what the heck Weatherby, shutting down an enormous, important political expose. Yeah. Um, I just don't understand why these teenagers haven't realized that the internet exists. Right? publish it as a facebook status yeah read it out on facebook live it's i mean you'll actually reach more people in your town through a facebook status than the school paper publish it on your blog and then tweet it (laughs) this is just a very different era of journalism that exists only in the microcosm of riverdale yes (laughs) so private prison coming to riverdale yeah no the lodges say yes. Like, dang, writers. I did not know what you could have given me, but taking on the issue of private prisons yeah. and making that our boogeyman of the season and the payoff of the the 
evil lodge plot. I am super impressed. Um, I don't know that they could have come up with a more authentically, truly evil thing for Hiram to be buying into that I would believe. Yeah. Like, like I believe this economic transaction. And interestingly enough, Archie just sides to stay, which yeah. kind of surprised me. Um, I really liked that Archie, um bought into this and the the whole the law and order pitch of this um it felt like some actual payoff to the character development of the whole first half of this season yeah. for me this um this is one of the first like black hood consequences that felt really truly authentic and not just a little melodramatic to me yeah that's interesting that archie buying um, into the prison complex also mm-hmm. um I recognize that building, and I don't know why. And also, um, this is the other plot point I called, Mm -hmm. which I'm stoked on. Um, I like that because of this cut, it appears that Hermione assembled a campaign in about 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, Presumably a few days passed for them to print out those Hermione Lodge for Mayor signs. Yes. But this sad, sad, sad moment with Fred... I think he's going to run anyway. I think he's going to run against Hermione, and it's going to be great! Yeah, also, here comes a plot point I was not expecting. Instead of... Claudius Blossom. Supportive gay uncle, we get conspiracy uncle. Nana, then Cheryl. Why doesn't... What's going to happen with Nana? Yeah. Our house must be put in order. Oh, poor Cheryl. Cheryl, take Nana and run. Yeah. Live in the trailer park. You have money now. It'll be better there. Mm Mm-hmm. Ugh. Poor Cheryl. Because it it sounds like they're bumping off Nana and Cheryl at first thought. And I imagine it's more complex than that. But it doesn't sound good. Also... You're not who you say you are, Chick. Chick's blood results but is he also related to alice is what i want to know it's gonna be a good good reveal next episode i am waiting to see what's on that paper and i bet you they're gonna hold out on us they're not (laughs) that'd be classic riverdale and then chick's gonna give betty a reason not to tell alice whatever it is yeah and here's Archie literally signing in blood with mm-hmm. the devil, and then they burn the book, which I find really mysterious. I don't get it. Yeah. Well, it's his book of evidence, right? He's oh. throwing away his noted evidence that he said, I kept no- detailed notes of everything I saw. And part of this pact is, I got nothing on you. Like, it's it's a right. trust fall. But he's got a copy of it somewhere. I'm, I mean, honestly... Anyone else in the show? Oh yeah, I would believe would think to make a copy. Not Archie Andrews. Archie, the blind puppy dog, is the one person in this show who I believe might not think to make a photocopy before burning this book. Yeah. <sighs> it's like. So is he going to take down the lodges from the inside? Betty would. Or Veronica is he... would. Jughead definitely would. <laughs> <laughs> Cheryl. Okay, I see your point. Um, (laughs) Cheryl would throw copies throughout the town, littering it from an airplane. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) For Um, maximum impact. But is he going to take down the lodges from the inside, or is he in this for Mm. real? I believed from what this episode is telling me that Archie's in this for real. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
And I think that's a brave, bold move on this this show's part to let our hero play with the villains for a while on an issue that is huge and immediate and globally relevant. This private yeah. prison complex question subject that's been brought up. This town um, has endured so much. I really like um, politician Hermione giving this speech. She's got a wonderful air. Um, and with, again, this scoring, it, it, it's got a real rise of fascism feel that comes <laughs> from the editing, from the scoring, from the, you know, the long, longing looks of, you know, Fred with the button representing hope and some democracy. Yeah. With this, um, this speech that we know to be shallow, sort of, put upon front of hope for nefarious purposes. Um, but sounding very good. Very states stateswomanly. Yeah. I like it. Cool. That was quite an episode. That was a well-constructed episode. That was a very well-constructed episode. So, Ryan. Yeah. I do know that private prisons are the devil, but I don't really know why. So I'm going to mm. play devil's advocate for a sec. All right. Here's This is a rare condition where that is a valid position to take. Um for purpose of discussion and exploration. Yes. Um why wouldn't a consistent industry like a prison be good for a town like Riverdale? There's somewhere mm. everyone can work, it's not likely to go anywhere. Mm. Um why is it bad? Well the um the Quality control and and uh, training standards are a huge issue in private prisons. Um, there is not a consistent standard of um, who is hired as prison guards or necessarily oh. training for the situations they'll encounter. Um, Orange is the New Black actually dealt with that this uh, quite heavy-handedly, but very well, I think, hmm. um, in their, some of their later seasons, um, where... Uh, a private prison hiring essentially unskilled labor, which is a very bad made up anti labor term, but, but, you know, Training to describe a job a that, way of putting it. um, mm, yeah, employee trained labor, I want to say. Yeah. Um, hiring people who are not necessarily, you know, might not have a degree in, in criminology, a degree in corrections or law enforcement or, or, um, you know, a, a, there are specific programs for, military for police for these sort of civilian functionary roles there is training to be done um and that's not guaranteed or standardized and um there's a lot of evidence suggesting that a lot of private prisons do not have qualified staff in these positions which leads to huge um issues of safety and quality for prisoners mm -hmm. um as well as um what i always think is kind of the the achilles heel of privatized partnerships is that there is a consistent pattern of cost-cutting cost equals profit and a for-profit system, which is corporate-run. Uh, in, in America, there is legal precedent that um, any business decision that is not in the best interests of the shareholder dividend can potentially be blocked by shareholders. Um, there have been... A lot of lawsuits, a lot of precedents that um, allow and encourage corporations to solely prioritize um, profits. Mm. Um, 
And, you know, we've, we've seen this play out so many times in, in recent history, um, with power companies, with, um, uh, even right now, heck, in Canada, there's a big scandal about bread price fixing. Oh my god, um, what is this, like, Russia in 1911? <laughs> <laughs> and, like, knowing that there are huge problems was. with, um, you know, a, 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 a bloated bureaucracy with fully nationalized systems, there are a lot of issues and criticisms there as well. But, um, the nationalized health, nationalized private, um, the, the private system, uh, of prisons in America has, um, seen a, a real sharp decline in the quality of, ca- of, um, I want to say care of prisoners, which is a real thing. Um, that hmm. there's still a baseline of, of human rights that prisoners are and should be guaranteed. Um, as well as, um, rehabilitation. Um, private prisons have no profit motivation to have vocational training, to have, um, uh, GED programs, to have these, um, supports put in place. Uh, there was a, a private prison in, uh, system in New York that, uh, received some very bad flack recently because they had an exclusive partnership with a publisher to only have select books allowed. Uh, this was once it became public challenged by the ACLU and they quickly backed down. But this was a point where profit could be made by restricting access to books yeah. for prisoners, right? Um, and there are, there are many examples just in the last five years or so, uh, of these horrifying abuses, um, that, uh, have blossomed under the private prison care system. Um, and we also have to look at the base fact that in a for-profit prison system, Mm-hmm. Um, the government is your customer or, or who, who is your customer hmm. who like, there's a very complicated relationship there, but the prisoners are reduced to product Yeah, in a way. Right. Um, and there are, um, cases of, uh, judges who, um, again, in the U S I, I wish I could cite case number case presidents well i don't know um, that but we have that many are... private prisons in canada absolutely we do but like um, a lot of them is my question i think an increasing an increasing presence um oh, okay. I, it, anyway, I think I it is a much more established story. american problem yeah. but um there are uh cases of judges um who have been indicted for um partnering with in a business capacity one whose uh whose spouse was involved with private prisons mm. uh who took money for Sending more prisoners on trumped up uh, wow. charges. Okay, um, I'm already emotionally exhausted by this. You've made your mm-hmm. point. We don't want private prisons to come to Riverdale. The, uh, additionally, a okay. government contract has a guaranteed amount of prisoners that are promised oh. with private prisons. The same way in an agricultural contract, you have to guarantee I will deliver this much grain or this much fruit to this Ooh. larger entity. Um, Private prisons very often have a guaranteed amount of prisoners. Um, wow. That itself seems fundamentally broken. Yeah, that's right? bad. And yes, that is bad. A for-profit system requires this guaranteed supply, this guaranteed um, flow, and is also tied to constant expansion. Yeah. The the classic Roman imperial model that um, drives a lot of capitalism, that you have to keep expanding. Um, quite a few tech startups, like Uber, loses millions and millions and millions of dollars 
but continuing to grow through um, constant influxes of venture capital and outside investment. Um, but Uber has never made a cent on the books. Uber has always been in the red. Um, but their business model still produces dividends and infrastructure and value through constant expansion. Hmm. Um, and there are a number of industries that run at a constant loss, um, but are technically successful through a lot of accounting machinations uh, and by metrics of growth and um, shareholder dividends. Um, I can, I, there are, I can think of few systems more horrifying to private, totally privatize than the prison system. Okay. Yeah. Well, I Other hope than the healthcare you... system, but hey, hey. here we are. Um, well, here, much of America is here. Canada is sliding steadily. No, oh boy. Let's hope not. Uh, it, I have bad news for you, Chloe. Yeah, I know. We're 20 years too late for let's hope not. <laughs> but that's perhaps a different discussion in podcast. Yes. Um, cool. Well, that uh, <laughs> answers my question. Thank you but for sending me to bed with nightmares. I appreciate it. We can't end that on that nihilistic note. Yeah. Um, let's remember that uh, thousands and thousands and thousands of children stood up for what is right and essential today. Yes. And um, those are the kids who are going to be making the rules in 10 or 20 years. Um, yeah. So everything's broken and nothing's okay, but um, <laughs> at least teenaged heroes will save us let us hope so right? i believe in the tony topazes <laughs> of the world and hopefully the yeah. cheryls of the world who know enough to give up their privilege yep who can learn to be better yeah cheryl's going to wind up being the, the hero of this series in a big way uh isn't she i hope a that hero um tony and cheryl are the power couple that are the heroes that yeah. is what i hope that's the dream are we calling it there, Ryan? I think so. Um, as usual, and, and as always, uh, we have recorded today, and Riverdale's filmed on the unceded territories of the uh, Tsleil-Waututh, Musqueam, and Squamish nations. And uh, super special thanks to Thundercrack, to Patreon, and all of the supporters uh, out on Patreon. And um, and all of you, Riverdale gang. Yeah, all of you for listening to us, even when we're tired and we have <laughs> hay fever and we've had a long week and the world is crumbling around our ears. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for riding this um, roller coaster to uh, oblivion with us. At least we're having a great time <laughs> here in Riverdale as it all falls apart around us, eh? It's Riverdale hope. Riverdale hope! Riverdale hope! Bye, Riverdale gang! <laughs> Stay hopeful!